Before history is written, it's played. Before it's frozen in time, it's fought one shift at a time. Before it's etched in silver, it's carved in ice. What happens next will last forever. The Stanley Cup Final on ABC and ESPN Plus begins Saturday. With supply chains becoming more complex, you need to stay on top of the latest logistics developments. So if you work with logistics, you need the Beyond the Box podcast from Maersk. It's the easy way to keep up to date with everything from digital disruption in logistics to the need for supply chain resilience in today's market. Find out more and keep ahead of the game with the Beyond the Box podcast on logistics insights at maersk.com insights. Baseball's great charm is that the action comes in spurts, which leaves plenty of time to spin yarns, look at the girls, and make wisecracks. Chaos. C-H-A-O-S. Critical hate and overwhelming stupidity. Hey everybody, welcome to another episode of Full Count Chaos. While we're getting to the finish line with the Orioles season. Now, some of you are bummed. Some don't give a shit. The Ravens have started. Maybe you're focusing more on them. Sucks about J.K. Dobbins. Boy, that, that's brutal. Fucking preseason, man. Even with uh, spring training with baseball, you, all you do is you just wish that nobody gets hurt. And that sucks, man. I'd like to know, what have you learned so far? I mean, you can say what you've learned so far, the rebuild, what you learned this season. Chaos at gmail.com. Love to hear from you guys. And by the way, congratulations to a listener. His name's Kevin. Uh, he won the tickets. He's going to go September 23rd, Thursday. He actually was the third name. The first guy I spoke to, he says he's going to be in Disney World. So, you know, it's a good time probably, right? Late September. Everyone's really back to school. Not too many lines. You have to wait for the rides. Uh, the other guy was very honest, and I appreciated it. He goes, I'm actually already going to that game. He's going to, like, every single game towards the end of the season at Camden Yards, apparently. And he said, look, man, if I would have taken him, I probably would have just sold him. So he's like, give him to someone who could use him. So that was very generous. I almost said to him, you know, just for being honest, here, take him, do what you want. But picked another name and gentleman by the name of Kevin. So I just transferred to the tickets this week. Off he goes to see the Rangers, September 23rd, lower deck, behind the uh, left field home run wall. I think only a few rows back. So pay attention when Ryan Mountcastle comes up to bat. Dude's killing it. We'll be talking about him in just a moment. Since the Orioles ended the losing streak, they've gone three and six. It's not too bad, right? Now, they beat the Angels two out of three, obviously, Anytime you see the Orioles have a series like that and the last game was at 13 to one, you're like, hey, maybe this is going to be a fun last month of the Orioles. And then pfft, we're quickly reminded every now and then, oh, we give them too much credit sometimes. But that one win was it the Blue Jays Tuesday, right? <laughs> it was a late win, which Oriole fans, we don't normally get to see that. So that was fun. Normally when they're down going into the seventh inning, eighth inning, they're done. They're toast. We rarely ever see a ninth inning comeback. I mean, for fuck's sake, they have 41 wins. So how many exciting wins and comebacks have they had this season? But going into that game, Ryo, he had, uh, what was it, 3-0 and record 
against the Orioles that season. 289 ERA. I mean, the Duke was throwing a no-hitter with two outs in the sixth inning. And you're just thinking, all right, same old, different night with the Orioles. Whatever. Get them tomorrow. And then your eyes and Hayes come up. They get a few RBIs to seal the deal. I love two-out RBIs. There's nothing more exciting. You know, get the blood flowing when you watch your team get a couple RBIs with two outs. And there's nobody on. I am so excited. I may vomit. So you're going, holy shit, this is going to happen. And even though the win doesn't mean shit, you still get excited. We've talked about that many a times on here. doesn't matter what situation, if they have 40 wins, if they have 10 wins, and it's the end of the season, if they're about to win, if you're a big Orioles fan, you get excited. You get a little butterflies in your tummy, and it's nice to see. You enjoy watching the Orioles win. So Cole Solcer comes in to close out the game that night. I'm thinking, oh, shit. Look, Cole's had a good season. He's had a pretty decent season. But when he comes into the closer role, all right, a closer role, it's a different kind of beast. Can't get into your head. And it seems like uh, when Cole Solcer tries to close games out, something happens. He gets all messed up in the head. And he closes out the game. No problem. One, two, three, boom, done. It was the Orioles' first win on the road since August 2nd. <laughs> and by the way, Keegan Aiken, who's 2-8, and eight, spoke about a couple weeks ago how a lot of people were texting me being like, man, this guy, he's terrible. He's awful. He only has two pitches. I even think I was making fun of him. We're not just making fun of him, just state. Well, uh, yeah, I think I was making fun of him. But anyway, 2-8, uh, and eight, he won his second straight game. Another great outing. Five innings pitch, five strikeouts, one on run, two hits. So go ahead, Keegan. Look, when Keegan Aiken's doing well, you know shit's working out for the Orioles. And, of course, the Orioles start the weekend off Friday against the New York Dickbags. Should have won that game. Had it. They were actually winning in extra innings. Of course, the Yankees came back in the bottom of the 10th. Then the top of the 11th, first and third, no outs. Orioles shit the bed. Couldn't get the runners home. So, of course, they lose 4-3, to three, and it's heartbreaking. Look, anytime you get a chance to beat the Yankees in New York, it's always thrilling to watch. So that was a kick in the dick, watching the Orioles blow that loss. Look, Cole Sulcer came in, tried to do what he could do, and then Dylan Tate came in and you know, ground ball up the middle. And uh, Cedric Mullins doesn't have the best arm as a center fielder, but again, I'm all for him being out there. He's going to grab a bunch of fly ball and line drives and save runs over the season being out there with his speed. So, again, yeah, the arm, he's not going to be throwing people out from the warning track, but I still like him uh, out there in center field. So the Orioles lose to the Yankees 4-3 to Friday night to start the weekend. Again, they had it. They had the game. Even when the Orioles, like I said, the Yankees tied it up. Orioles first and third. No outs. I don't know. The Orioles always seem to have a few good games per season against New York in New York. It's like, you know, being in the Bronx, it doesn't bother the Orioles. People are like, oh, it's intimidating being in New York under the lights in front of that loud crowd. No, Orioles, it doesn't typically seem like it bothers them. They always seem like they hold their own. Mateo hit a home run. That was cool to see. Look. His last 24 at-bats, he's batting 292, 393 OBP, 583 slugging, and the speed that he has. I mean, it it fucks with pitchers. It fucks with defense. I mean, look, Chapman almost threw the ball away twice Friday night while Mateo was on first because Mateo's jumping back and forth. But again, you know, jury's still out about Mateo. We'll see. Is he going to be that player who can continue to have an average of 260 to 290 throughout the season? And Last night, 
hitting that home run in left field. And I did not think that ball was carrying when it went off his bat. But Mateo's got some strength. So just having fun watching him. And then, of course, with the uh, Orioles ending the streak, going back a week ago against the Angels, that was fun. And I was at that game. It was almost like a playoff atmosphere. I think that's being a little dramatic because how excited I was not to see the Orioles possibly break the record for uh, straight losses in a row. But a good buddy of mine and I decided to go watch Otani. And we were going to the game because we wanted to see, as bad as this sounds, uh, we're just baseball fans, but we wanted to possibly see Otani throw a no-hitter, maybe hit the warehouse. We were going basically 65% to see Otani. All right. So he reached out. So let's go to the game. I said, hell yeah. Always have a good time hanging out with them. So we went good seats. Let's go watch Otani. And by the way, and of course it doesn't take a genius to figure this out, but my second day of dieting, that probably could have been the worst place to go to when you're trying to lose some LBs, you know? And again, I'm, I'm not a big fat old piece of lump who sweats when he watches TV. And I gasp for air when I walk up the stairs, look, I'm a, pretty good looking guy and I try to stay in shape, but I want that beach body back. Now I may say that and some of you may say, well, Nate, you missed the bus because summer is passing us by buddy. I get it. All right. I let the summer go by. I didn't exactly work out as much as I wanted to, but now I'm going to focus for next summer. (laughs) Right. Isn't that what we always do? Ah, shit. Didn't get my best beach body this year. But you know what? I'm going to start early, and I'm going to look real nice on that next summer. So on the way to the game, thinking to myself, all right, Nate, real easy. Just try not to eat too much or drink too much. What do I do? Two minutes in, I get a huge sausage with peppers. I get a Bud Light the size of my leg. It's like, who the hell? Which is convenient because you don't have to keep going back and forth. You just buy a can. I had to hold with two hands because the fucker was huge. You know, and I get home, and I'm like, what did I do? I I folded. So I was like, all right, all right. Tomorrow I'm starting to diet. So as we show up, there's a a big crowd that night. If if you watch the game or you were there, it was loud. It was a pretty fun atmosphere. But most people there were there to see Otani. I think I saw somebody with an Orioles jersey and they put Otani on the back of the jersey. Just everybody was there thinking that, all right, Otani's going to put on a show. Anyway, we we knew that was going to be the case. And... I was standing in line to get my food, and there was a guy who had an Angels jersey on with Otani, and I think he had a hat. It, it had a signature on it. I couldn't tell who signed it. Uh, there was also a signature on the back of his Otani jersey, and I'm assuming, oh, wow, he, you know, it's pretty cool if, if that's Otani's signature on his jersey. I wouldn't be wearing it. But he's standing in front of me, and I thought I, you know, again, this almost sounds like dad jokes, what I did here. I, I don't have any kids, but... <laughs> You know, he's standing in front of me and I, and he makes eye contact with me and I say, yeah, man. I said, how did Otani break his wrist an hour before the game? That's crazy. Now I thought he was just going to laugh and be like, yeah, that sucks. He looked at me in this horrified look. Like I just walked up to him and told him the worst news of a family member. And it almost looked like his eyes started to water up. He quickly gets out his phone I felt like like he basically was getting out a knife and he put it to his wrist and I had to beg him like, no, no, put the knife down. It's not worth it. It's not worth ending your life because Otani broke his wrist. So I had to tell him I was kidding. 
Well, look, I got to remind myself, not everybody has a sense of humor. <laughs> I, I don't know. I thought it was going to be you know, like the guy behind me laughed. So at least somebody heard me and ah, <laughs> but this guy, even when I told him I was kidding, he still didn't say, he just looked at me like, dude, don't fuck around like that. Although I'm probably thinking to myself, this guy probably had a shit ton of money on the game. Anyone who acts like that, pertaining to news like that, you have a lot of money on the game. So I had to apologize. I thought it was funny. Guy gets his food, he walks away, and he's talking to himself like, oh, well, that, you know, the guy behind me, I look at him, I was like, that, that didn't work out. And he just laughed. But went to the game, of course, had a great night. Again, like I said, most of the fans there were to see Otani. And I'll tell you what. I have never, it was like a stampede. When Otani gets in that batter's box, I mean, the uh, on deck, the people just rolling down the aisle to just get a photo of Otani. I mean, people were just elbowing it. And put, it was like a Rage Against the Machine concert. I think I'm showing my age there, but it it was brutal. People were, every time he come up in the on deck circle, Holy shit, the whole section, like the stadium would shake just to get a photo of Otani standing there. And it was, look, the Orioles won. They ended the streak. Otani went 0 for 4 that night with three strikeouts. <laughs> when we won, fans acted like we made the playoffs. Even I, I think I was yelling, "We the rebuild's over. We made the playoffs. You know, all the, the douchey cliche sayings you can say after a game. The, everybody was high-fiving each other. We were walking out of the stadium. Uh, the ushers were high-fiving everyone. It was pretty cool. And, yeah, it's a little corny. It's like at the end of the day, the Orioles are 1 for 19 <laughs> with winning games. But that last out, when it was that fly ball to Santander, you know, we all stand on our feet. Although, I think we were all standing on our feet in the beginning of the inning because we were like, we could actually win this. I think It was 10 to 6 at that at that moment. So you still just don't know what's going to happen. But that third out, it's a great feeling. Orioles are done. Losing streak over. Come on. Let's uh, make a run for that wild card, you know? But (laughs) I'm glad I got to go to the game to see Otani. He's just a giant human being. And he does draw crowds. I mean, it is really cool seeing him live batting and pitching. I mean, it's quite an experience to be able to see this guy play baseball. I mean, he's just a a, a beast. He's a freak of nature. It's fun to watch. And that's exactly (laughs) why my buddy and I went. Now, of course, we represented the Orioles, wearing our Orioles gear, and we were very excited. The Orioles went, blah, 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 blah. But seeing Otani play was fantastic. Look, the Orioles beat him up. He's never given up that many home runs at all in his career to any team. And the Orioles, three home runs, right? I think that's how many runs they got, uh, home runs they hit. Yeah, it was uh, Mullins' first pitch of the game. Boom! We, we're not even in our seats. Thinking, all right, it's going to be one of those games. All right, folks, moving on here. It's going to take about 15 seconds, I say, every week. Spotify Green Room app. If you haven't done it, do it. Do it now. Spotify Green Room app is a free audio-only social media platform for sport fans. So that's a good start. Start or join ongoing conversations, watch games together, react to the biggest news, rumors, and games. You can talk with other sport fans, insiders, athletes, and executives in real time. All you need to do is download the Spotify Green Room app, create a profile, link your Twitter, and join. That's it. 
But Cedric Mullins has been a conversation all through the season. He was the first couple months, midseason. You know, is this legit? Is this guy actually going to be a star on the Orioles? Is, is this just a, a lucky season where in a couple years we're going to be like, man, that really sucks. He couldn't repeat what we saw in 2021. I'm convinced the guy's the real deal. I mean, right now in September, he's got a 306 average, 24 home runs, 899 OPS, 25 stolen bases. Got 49 RBIs, which again, he's a leadoff hitter. So can't always go on a, you know, the RBI stat with the leadoff hitter, but look at him go. I think, you know, he's great to watch in center field. Okay. He doesn't have a rocket for an arm, but he's going to save a lot of runs out there. But in the, uh, for an offense, shit. I think he's a real deal, man. I think to be a player, all to play as much as he played. All season. He's got another month left, so let's see. It'd be one thing if he just had a couple good months or if he had a couple few good weeks and we're like, all right, he came back down to reality. It's September right now, and the guy's still fucking playing some ball with an above 300 average. The guy's a real deal, so I'm proud, and I'm happy to see Cedric Mullins out there doing his thing. And I can't wait to see what he has with this team when they just start getting better and bigger and faster. And I'm not saying that Cedric Mons is going to have a season like he did in 2021 every time. But what I'm saying is I just don't think, you know, the next few seasons to come, he's going to be in a big slump. You know, he's batting 240. He's having trouble seeing the ball. No, I think this is it. And speaking of players, also fun to watch. Ryan Mountcastle. Right now he's at 25 home runs. He is <laughs> He's trying to catch Cal Ripken and break that record for uh, rookie home runs. Of course, Cal Ripken with 28. And... Is Mountcastle going to hit more than four in the month of September? Yeah, I think so. I think the kid's going to do it. And he's fast. The dude's got wheels. He can hit the ball and he can run fast. The dude is dangerous. And what's even funnier is on StatCast, they have Ryan Mountcastle as the fifth fastest player on the Orioles. When I looked that up, I thought for sure okay maybe be in the top 10 I didn't think it was gonna be faster than Austin Hayes <laughs> but they got him as was it 28 feet per second speed so 30 feet per second is 20 miles per hour so the only guys above Ryan Mountcastle for speed Cedric Mullins of course Ryan McKenna which I didn't realize he was that fast Richie Martin with 29 feet per second and Jorge Mateo with 30 feet per second so Ryan Cedric Ryan Richie Jorge Top five fastest players. <laughs> and then, uh, I, again, I, I thought Austin Hayes was going to be faster than Mountcastle. But I say it all the time. He is that player that when he comes up to bat, you stop and you watch what the hell's going on. So good for him, man. Just having a great year. And he's just going to keep getting stronger. And he might be a guy who we eventually see in a couple of years in the home run derby. I mean, look what he's doing. His last seven games, let's see, 26 at-bats, and he's batting 385 with a 692 slugging, 469 OBP. <laughs> the dude is just having fun out there, and we're having fun watching him. And again, I don't think that's a guy who we're going to say, oh, shit, it's too bad he couldn't recreate 2021 again. I think he's just going to be a powerhouse. Him, Adley Rushman, batting back-to-back, right? Mountcastle batting third, got Rushman batting fourth. Let's go. 
One thing I've noticed that when the camera shows the Orioles playing defense and, and uh, Mount Castles at first, if there's a runner on first base, I'm seeing this a lot. The base runner is laughing. Like Ryan Mountcastle saying something, and the base runner, whoever it is, is laughing. And I'm seeing this a lot. And then Ryan's laughing. I've seen him on first base after getting a hit. He's talking to the uh, first base coach, and, and they're, he's laughing. So I don't know if Ryan's just a really funny guy. Obviously, I don't know too much about him personally, and I haven't heard about him being like the silly guy, prankster guy. But... I've just noticed that something, you know, stupid. I, I every time I, I see on the TV and I go, hey, he's got somebody laughing again. So I guess he's a pretty funny guy. You know, my wife the other night made a comment about him. Said something like, oh, look at that sexy beast hitting another home run or, or something. And I just looked at her and like, what are you what are you doing? Come on. He's got nothing on me. But hey, he's a rich ball player who's going to make probably decent money in his career. And he's putting on a show. So I don't blame my wife being like, who is that? Who's that guy making people laugh? He looks silly and cute. I want to date him. So also, I'm just trying to bring up some positive stuff. Obviously, we're uh, watching a team in September that only has 41 wins. Uh, Lately, there's been some fucked up shit happening with the Orioles. I mean, what happened to Fry? Watkins, okay, we weren't too shocked. Young kid, 29 not that young, but first time in the majors. Look, how much success was he going to have? He's almost 30 years old, and he's never uh, pitched in the big show. But Paul Fry, I mean, he was supposed to be a uh, trade chip. He shit the bed. I I saw a post showing that Frying Watkins in July had an ERA of 303. Frying Watkins in August, 13.10. That ain't good, homie. That's sticky stuff, man. Fry Fry needs that. But uh, some other things... Wanted to obviously chat about with the Orioles again. One more month of this season. And just curious if there's anything out there that you have learned while watching Elias <laughs> figure all this mess out and the rebuild and all that fun shit. At the end of 20, 2021 season, do you say to yourself, after all this shit, this is what I've learned pertaining to the Orioles? Love to hear from you. Full count chaos at gmail.com. Did get an email over the week from Sam. Wanted to jump in on all the wacky, crazy stories that people have at Camden Yards. And again, like I said, when I started this, I always thought it was just going to be people telling me their favorite walk-off moments. But (laughs) more than half the emails that come in aren't even about what happened in the stadium. And this is one of them. Again, his name's Sam. He says, hey, Nate, just wanted to join in on the fun with sending in crazy times we've had at Camden Yards. Wanted to piggyback off your experience with the fight you witnessed a while back. A couple years back, my girlfriend and I went to see a game and parked at the H lot, which is under the bridge good ways away from the stadium. After the game, walking back to our car, we saw a crowd of people standing right in front of our car, which seemed to be like 30 people all shirtless. (laughs) Now, (laughs) when I read this, and he didn't specify, I'm assuming he's talking about guys with their shirts off in a crowd. Now, if it was women, that'd be quite a sight, right? You walk up, you got 30 women all shirtless fighting in a circle. (laughs) I'd be like, what the hell is happening here? Yeah, I'd probably have to get my phone out and take a few pictures because people would not believe me. Hey, guys, listen, I was walking back to my car, 30 women shirtless fighting. I kid you not. Tits hanging out the whole nine yards. They'd be like, I want to see photos. 
So anyway, Sam, I'm assuming you mean guys. <laughs> All right, moving on. He says, it was a scary sight to see. Also knowing we're downtown at around 1130 at night, nobody else was really around us. It was an early season weeknight game, and it wasn't exactly crowded with other cars. This scene was straight out of Fight Club. Huge circle of people standing around these two people going at it. We couldn't tell whether this was something that was planned or just completely escalated into something terrible. As we walked closer, I noticed there were some guys actually sitting on the hood of my car. My girl told me we should just call the police right away, but I told her they wouldn't be here for probably two hours, so we might as well just get the fuck in the car and get out of here quick. When we walked to the car, I didn't say anything to anyone. I just looked down, just quickly put my girlfriend in the car and ran around the other side of the driver's seat. The two guys sitting on my car actually got up off the car and walked to the side as of being polite. This is such a weird scene. The circle of guys were literally in front of my car, and I figured once I turned the car on and the headlights hit them, they'd move out of the way. Well, of course, they didn't. Fifteen minutes later, I got the nerve to honk, and the guys seemed to shift over to let me out. There apparently was still a fight going on, but you can fucking believe I never parked back at that lot ever again. Weirdest night and an Orioles game. <laughs> That's from Sam. Appreciate the email, Sam. Yeah, that was straight out of Fight Club. You know? But which is a great movie, by the way. Someone told me it's top five greatest movies I've ever seen. I I, I don't know about that. I probably put that in like the top 30, top 20 best movies. Right? Fight Club's definitely up there, one of the greatest, but I wouldn't say in my top five. So, uh, again, Sam, yeah, that's a scary moment. Walking up, <laughs> seeing a bunch of women shirtless fighting. No, I'm kidding. Uh, you know, what are you going to do? And you're right. If you did call the police, they probably wouldn't have shown up for a long time. I've had friends who have had to call the police because of crazy shit happening down there. And hour and a half later, they show up. So, you know, I'm just glad you're all right. But... <laughs> No, walking up to that shit show, I don't know. I probably would have just turned around and be like, honey, listen, I'm going to Uber us home in the morning. I'll come get my car. Let's get the fuck out of here. All right. I've seen some strange shit like that. I mean, even when a fight breaks out, even if it's just a couple people, you got that eerie feeling like shit's about to go down. But you walk up to 30 people in a circle, <laughs> all, all shirtless looking like what uh, boy bands, Backstreet Boys, they're all fighting. Yeah, you just want to get the fuck out of there. You're a brave guy, Sam. I mean, I get it. Look, you got to get home. What are you going to do? You're with your girlfriend. You probably don't want to look like a wuss and be like, hey, let's call a cab. I get it. And I'm, <laughs> I think it's funny. The two guys on, on his hood. Yeah, they just got up real politely and, and walked away. I don't know, man. So <laughs> interesting experience. I appreciate you writing into the show, Sam. And don't forget when you write in, I always love hearing uh, from where you guys are. So don't forget to uh, do that. But again, anyway, fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Any experiences that you guys have had out there? Situations like Sam, where you're literally watching Fight Club right in front of you. Have you ever had an experience like that at an Orioles game? I was watching some video that was getting passed around. I uh, can't even remember what sporting event it was, but the two guys who were fighting had opposite jerseys on. I mean, what could go wrong? Drinking all day, talking shit to the opposing team's fans. <laughs> of course, there's a fight that's going to break out most of the time. But it was one of those situations where one of the guys, you know, the one guy knocks out the other guy or, or hit, not knocks him out, but hits him enough to push him over. And then as that guy is down, 
Then the other guy's friends come in and start taking cheap shots. You know, a real dickbag move. Fucking bitches. I see that a lot. It's like a one-on-one fight, but as soon as that guy goes down, see a bunch of all those punks come into the, come into the video and just start, like, stomping and punching the guy. What a dick move. All right, so the Orioles take on the Yankees at 1 o'clock on Saturday. Now, I normally record Saturdays, but... Uh, it being a three-day weekend, got shit coming up, family and friends. We got family coming in, you know, the barbecues, a three-day weekend. Hey, let's drive to the beach for a day. So there's shit going on. Uh, but tomorrow, 1 o'clock, and then they face the Yankees again at 1 o'clock on Sunday. And then 1 o'clock on Monday, they face the Royals. Maybe uh, the Orioles can get on a roll there, get some wins. But on Saturday, we got Chris Ellis starting for the Orioles. Uh, right now, 216 ERA, 1-0 record, 14 strikeouts, 16 innings pitched with a .90 whip. Of course, the Orioles picked up uh, Chris Ellis off waivers. Tampa Bay said adios. Uh, but his last outing against the Blue Jays, what do you do, a four and two-thirds inning, one earned run, you know, whatever. He'll, uh, he's going to have to face the Yankees and, and hold his own. Playing them Yankees, the New York dickbags. Yeah, four and two-thirds inning, two hits, one on run, one walk, two strikeouts. All right. So hopefully we can get a win here in New York, at least just one. It's like even if we play the Yankees 20 times in a row and we we win two out of the 18, those two wins are great because you just get to talk shit. A team that has 41 wins in September goes and play a a team like the Yankees and wins. I, I, I don't care what. That situation was about shouldn't have happened. (laughs) And I know in major league sports, anything can happen. Professional sports, any team can beat any team, but come on. It's a great feeling when the Orioles pull out a win against the Yankees. So I'm hoping that's, what's going to go down hitting up them Yankees. Now, uh, speaking of pitching, we got Tanner Scott. Now he looks like he's been working on his fastball. Took a couple uh, miles per hour off. I think. Because his fastball was hitting the plate the other night, and it was like 95 miles per hour, 94, 95. One got at 96. But Jorge Lopez, interesting about him. I don't know if something's up or he's just staying where he's at, or maybe the pitching coach said, look, you know, we, we don't want you trying to throw 101 miles per hour. Just stay where you're at. Because when he was starting, he was throwing 96, 97 miles per hour, sometimes hitting 98. So I thought when he was going to come out of the bullpen, he was just going to get everything he had and put a couple more miles per hour on and hit three digits. But he's only, he's staying at 95, 96. So I I don't know. I don't know what the game plan is there, but Jorge Lopez has been doing okay. Tanner Scott's been doing all right. Dylan Tate's been shitting the bed a little bit. It's funny, as I'm sitting here recording Somebody, a buddy of mine just texted me and said, what's up with McKenna? Why can't he hit major league pitching? Yeah, I know. That, that's been a conversation lately I've been seeing. McKenna goes down to the minor leagues, and he tears it up. You'll hear, like, oh, five home runs in three games. He's batting 1,000. You're like, all right, bring him back up. The gap between the minor leagues and major league, it, it's, it's like night and day. It's a huge gap of talent. That's why anytime I hear anyone's tearing it up down in the minors, I, I don't get 100% excited. You know, even when you see guys, Grayson Rodriguez, Adley Rushman, I got to say, it's fun to read about that and to see those stats and to see highlights. And yes, of course I'm excited because these guys are good players regardless. 
but I still have that small percentage of thinking to myself, I'll believe it when I see it. Because McKenna comes up after, you know, hitting 20 home runs in two games, whatever the hell he did when he was down there. Oh, for seven, six strikeouts, his first seven at bats up in the majors. He just cannot hit major league pitching. I don't know what it is. I mean, the dude's good in the field. He's, he's fast on the bases. We are talking about how much that fucks up everything for the defense and pitching. But he just can't get his shit together with batting. Now, with the uh, bullpen, like I'm saying, you got Wells, Jorge Lopez. Okay, he's had his moments. He's looking all right in the bullpen. Cole Solcer's kind of getting his shit together. Closed out a game the other night. So if we can just get some decent pitching, it's a shame what happened to the pitching throughout the season. I mean, just historically bad. And if you, if we just had average pitching, I feel like I've been saying that forever. Average pitching on this team, you know, they, we've got talent. At least would have another eight to ten wins. The bullpen didn't shit the bed. So anyway, I say it a hundred times an episode every week. I want to hear from you guys. Fullcountchaos at gmail.com. Is there something that you've learned over the, this past season? Do you tune into the Orioles game to watch them win? And that's it. I just want to watch a good game. Hope they win. And, and you walk away and finish the rest of your day, whatever you're doing. Or are you tuned in to watch something specific happen, like uh, Cedric Mullins 30-30? Uh, you want to see Mount Castle jump over Cal Ripken's rookie home run record? You know, are you watching a specific player? Something happened. Or, again, like a lot of us, just tune in to watch the Orioles win against teams like the Yankees. And that's it. And then you wrap up your day and move on. Full Count Chaos at gmail.com. Till next time. See you.